I don't know. Today we are talking about one of my favorite subjects, just time, and this reality that most of us are in service of money versus time, and time really is the asset that we acknowledge as most important, but don't serve as most important. Hmm. I have to even sit with that one for a sec. Okay, let's go. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be. But this podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing, we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three and I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world however that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. Let's go ahead and close the door because I forgot to close it. Okay. There. Now it's closed. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Let's actually go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness, whatever that means to you. So my great thing from yesterday was my eight-year-old... came up and wanted to cuddle with me. She wasn't sick. There wasn't anything scary. She just like came up, made me put my arms around her and then requested dedicated time to cuddling her. I know. And some of you are probably missing and reminiscing about when you had littles in your life who did that and you're also remembering likely this same age where like everything just stopped 
all the cuddling. And, you know, I think it's sad because I sit here and I'm thinking about how often I am like, five-year-old, if you climb on me one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. But then today, my great thing is that my eight-year-old actually finally wanted to cuddle me for no good reason, just wanted to. And right, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember when she used to want to cuddle me all the time. I wish she wanted to cuddle more. But then with my five-year-old, I'm like, please, enough, right? And I'm certain that I had those same thoughts about my eight-year-old. So it's just funny, you know, as soon as we like miss something, as soon as it stops, we wish that it would have never. But in that moment, how often we take it for granted. So I'm just laughing at myself because in the same breath, I would be like, five-year-old, we can't cuddle anymore. I have to do things. And I know that even her cuddle time is coming to a close. So really, my greatest thing was just this unrequested spur of the moment cuddle session with my eight-year-old. And really more than anything, I think having the ability to have those moments with my kids, um, because before I was running through life so fast, we didn't have time to cuddle. We didn't have time to sit still. We didn't have time. Like I would have never known any of their friends. I would have never known anyone in their lives. I, I just would have skated through as quickly as humanly possible and never taken time to just absorb life and the beauty of the life that I have been given and the beauty of the life of my children. And pace at a detriment to the rest of the world, to the people in your life, is hurtful, right? And I had to force my own hand, force my own husband's hand, force our lives' hand at someone being able to grasp our life being able to grasp and sit and see and drive people and make life happen and not just keep letting life happen to us. And that means that you're absolutely going to be making changes. That means that you are absolutely going to be making sacrifices. That potentially means that you are going to be made fun of at some point because you're going to have to make decisions that are different from other people's. And there are payouts to that, right? Like, I can't wait to be able to tell my kids what they were like when they were little because I was actually there versus killing myself for some boss that I didn't even know versus killing myself for some corporate CEO who would finally meet me by the time I was 51 and actually talk to me because I had finally worked my way up the chain high enough and hard enough that I was finally respectable to have a conversation with. I don't want that to be what I do with my time. My time belongs to my family. My time belongs to me. And the things that I care about and the things that I want to bring to life in this world and just me. 
And for such a long time, I had just talked enviously about the people who got to spend that time with their kids, the people who were able to do those things, to drive to soccer practice, to make everything happen and not have to rush so much. Like how nice that you can drive 25 miles per hour in a 55 zone on a Sunday because you're just driving. Like I was so envious of those people because they just had freedom. Freedom to go on an adventure, freedom to drive as slow as necessary, freedom to just do things because they wanted to do them. And that was a freedom that I never got to experience. And not because it wasn't open to me, because I had closed the door on those freedoms. I had said that that was not a life that I could live. And I had to be the one to free myself from that mindset. And that's what it is. You think that it's all of these things. It's, it's finances. It's, it's the world. It's X, Y, and Z. And once you sort of relieve yourself from being a slave to those things, from being a slave to that mindset, from being a slave to what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be, once you relieve yourself of that, it's amazing how the world can align with what you truly want. And if you're looking for what you truly want, I would say the things that you're envious or jealous of are a great place to start, or at least that was a place to start for me. I was forever envious of people who could put ideas out into the world, forever envious of people who could balance a career and kids and their life. I was forever envious of people who could just travel and work and make life happen. I was forever envious of anyone who got to go at a pace slower than sprinting. And now, that's my preferred pace. In fact, it's a pace that I have to like coach myself out of as we start to gear up for the takeoff of all of these things. And that's okay too. Like what a beautiful piece and part of this journey, right? The finding of self and the rediscovery of what mattered. And I think that had to happen in order for me to understand the importance of presence and balance and the importance of being able to be there. And what a beautiful time in life this came when my kids were still little and I still got to experience portions of it, of their littleness, <laughs> of their life, right? When like all of these big, scary, and inspiring things are happening to them and to be able to be there for them and with them through that. Wow. What an incredible thing to be able to experience with them. And that didn't happen overnight, um, but that did happen with a lot of intention and focus and ability to just lay down what the world expected of me and pick up what I wanted from myself and for my family. So... Long story short, my great thing is my eight-year-old cuddled with me, but 
I think the bigger great thing out of that was being here to cuddle. And that's big, bigness. Okay, go ahead and ground yourself in all of your greatness. It doesn't have to be winning a world championship. In fact, winning a world championship isn't possible if you didn't believe this about yourself first. And that's why we start here. Okay, so today I just wanted to touch base on time and the realities of time and the realities of life, which we've sort of always been touching on, but I'm a believer in you and your ability to live your life in alignment with the things that you want. I'm a believer and um, advocate of people living lives on their own terms. I am a believer in people being able to make their own terms. I absolutely am. I believe that anyone can find their way out. And I would say the first step to finding your way out of wherever you are is acceptance on whatever you did that got you to here. Right? Like, we have to accept and forgive whatever happened up until here that got us to this lost, sort of desperate and sad place. We have to forgive that, right? Then just go, okay, huh, well, that sucked. Or that was awesome, but it still didn't quite fit, huh, right? And I spent a lot of fruitless time in the first year of this work just being mad at how wrong and right everything had gone for me. And almost more mad at the right, because the right really was, like, keeping me stuck. Because the right things were harder to leave than the wrong things. The wrong things were easy to denounce and say, well that sucked and my life sucks and whatever. But saying my life is actually pretty good. In fact, it's actually great at anyone looking in on this. And so how, how does one say, okay, it was great, but it wasn't that great. It was great, but it doesn't fit. It was great, but I still feel lost. Someone help me. Someone make this right. There's something still stuck here. How do we save ourselves from this? How do we turn this around? And the way we do that is by saying, it's okay. It's okay that it wasn't right. It's okay that you thought it was. And that you ran as fast as you used to. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I was uh, coaching a lesson the other day and I had a middle, sorry, volleyball. This is very volleyball talk right now. Okay. So a middle will run in for like a quick set and their job is to be like right behind that ball. And they 
are just supposed to jump and swing and the setter basically puts the ball up in their hand. It's a super, it's, it's timing, it's balance, it's consistency between the two. It's hard to get down. Um, but once you got it, like you got it. And I used to, and I was telling this setter and hitter combo, I used to, um, believe that my setter was setting me every single time. Like I went in there just ready to smoke the ball and they could decide to shoot the ball out. They could decide to send a set back. They could do anything but what I was doing and I would never know. And so I was actually really good at pulling middle blockers because I went in there thinking I was getting the ball every time. Most of the time I didn't. And my setter was also very, very tricky. And so she would just like send the ball over really quickly and score a lot of points because she was so good at this and quite possibly because I was such a crazy person that I believed that I was getting the ball and so I would go in with the same intensity regardless every time. And that is sort of what was tricky about life. It's like I just would run fast and fast and pace sort of became what was good about me and volleyball became what was good about me and it was really hard to step back and say okay I'm glad that everybody believes this about me but I don't this doesn't fit, this doesn't feel right. And I've done everything that I can do here. And so the hardest decision was stepping back from that and just being okay with that, not being what it was supposed to be. And I've been getting this message over and over and over again. And it's the same exact person talking and I don't know why it keeps playing back, but maybe if I bring it here, I'll be relieved of it. But this, this is it. This is all of it. If, and this is what he says, if I gave you a million dollars today, you'd take it, right? You'd be pumped, okay? I would give you a million dollars, right? And it would change your whole life. Now, if I told you that you're going to die tomorrow, but you can have the million dollars, would you take it? Well, no. And everybody in the class goes, well, no, 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 no. So that's just it, right? I was chasing all this money, all this success, all of the recognition that went along with what I was told I should aspire to, right? Cars and houses and items and brands and name brand clothing and well-dressed children and all of these things and a house full of things that people could come over and see except for they couldn't because I would never have time to have anyone over so that's just bananas and pajamas never gonna happen I should 
go ahead and aspire to be all of these things. I should make sure that I have the nice car so that I can drive to the thing so that people can see my car when I pull up and they can have conversations not with me about it, but usually about me about it later. That's what I was trading. I was saying, yes, a million dollars. Even if I die tomorrow, a million dollars. Let's go. Right? And I had to stop myself from running. I had to stop myself from continuing to chase that thing that never mattered to me anyways. Right? I had to stop. I had to choose the terms at which I operated my life. I had to. And when I didn't, I had to just follow my own pace. Because guess what? People who move slowly don't make a million dollars, which is true. And still fine. Remember, we're like catching back up to that pace. But I had to decide this time. I had to find things that brought me joy, not just things that brought me money, right? And it's crazy because so many of us just work for that one thing, just the money. Well, I'd love to follow my dreams, but I got to pay the bills. No, I want both. I want to follow my dreams and pay the bills. I want to follow my dreams and do things that bring me joy and find abundance because that's the only thing that really makes sense. And so I, right, had to renounce that. And so do you. You have to forgive yourself for falling into the traps of what we're told we should expect from ourselves as human beings. We're basically raised like that. So it's not crazy that a lot of us get lost and mixed up in this world where doing and having and consuming our king and creating and all of those things are crazy, right? It's rare. Starving artists, don't go there. Bad idea. Don't make your own thing. Don't create the life that you want. That's dangerous. People don't do that. Here's a plan. I mean, it doesn't really work out for most people. Most people don't win with this plan. Most people are miserable and hate their lives. But you know what? Once in a while, we get to go uh, boating or camping or, I don't know, we get to go to super cool golf parties that everybody loves. And mostly we just gossip and drink alcohol to lose ourselves in this reality that our lives kind of are awesome, but also suck at the same time. But as long as we drink enough, tomorrow we'll wake up hungover and we'll have something to laugh about the next time that we get together. Yay, forever on repeat until basically we die. And that's the thing. We don't get out of this life alive anyways. So what's the freaking risk? Like, you're gonna die. And I don't know, when I bounce around in my head, like, the ultimate risk is that we don't eat. We starve, we end up homeless. It's just, it's hard for me to even conceptualize that. Right? Because I've found a way to win so many times, it's hard for me to go, yep, poor house. That's a probability. Well, it is. It's a probability for anyone. 
And most people are a lot closer to that than I am. Right? Just like grand scheme of if all things went wrong right now in your life, considering all the things that you have built up, considering all of the bills that you have to pay, considering all of that, if everything went wrong, how close are you to suffocating, to being out on the street? I don't know. I actually feel like I have a pretty good uh, cushion. So I don't feel that far. And I could make plans to do really anything at this point. And so I'm just sort of at this place like I am dying. Every single day I get closer. I never know when it's going to end. And so if I'm not doing things that feel good, if I'm not doing things that bring me joy, if I'm not in alignment with that, why? Right? At this point, it's a choice. I'm choosing misery, which is harder to escape than I can ever tell you. Right? Because it's a complete mindset shift. It's a complete lifestyle shift. It's a complete friend shift. It's a complete circle shift. It's everything shift. You can't exist as that old person anymore. You're trying to hold on to it, right? Because you're going, no, 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 Hannah. I don't believe you. That doesn't actually have to happen. I could have it all. You, You can. But eventually... That old life, those old relationships, those old mindsets will trickle in and start to affect your ability to move forward. And so eventually you do have to drop the dead weight if you want to keep moving forward. Now, if you want to stay right where you are and you want to keep all of it, you probably can. But you're still going to struggle. So it's going to be hard to escape. It just is. I can't really explain it any other way. I would love to tell all of us, I would love to tell myself that, no, 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 it's not that hard. No, 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 you don't have to make those decisions. You can keep it all. You can just take the easy route. You don't have to get rid of the ways that you think. You don't have to change your mindset and be positive and optimistic and excited for your life every day. You don't have to do that. You can mumble through this. And quite honestly, you can just put up some cool motivational quotes. And you know what? Maybe buy a planner that even has them in there because that's going to do it. You know what? And hey, let's just break it all loose and let's get the cup that has the motivational saying on it because that's going to do it. Because being motivated is the issue. But it's not. Right? We bought the cups. We bought the shirts. We bought the planners. We bought the posters. We bought the... I don't know. What else did you buy? Right? The the wall hanging. We did it all. I'm going to read one of mine right now hanging on my wall. She believes she could, so she did. We bought it. And it still didn't work. We still ended up in this place, right? Because it's not all of those things. It's us. It's us in our journey and our ability to say, 
This is what matters to me. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to live my life. This is where I want to live my life. These are the things I see myself doing. These are the people that I need to have surrounding me in order to continue building towards where I'm trying to go. This is what I need. And so many of us just go, um, I don't have that much control. My life happened to me and it sort of sucks. And But all those things, I couldn't really help. That's just my life. I can't really help it. I'm stuck right here and there's nothing that I can do. So, you know, Hannah, keep on talking. I love what you're saying. Go live your dream life. But dream life isn't meant for me. And I don't believe it. Dream life is meant for everyone. Every single person. Every single person has something that speaks to them on a deeper level. But so many of us just go, nope, ah, eh. money, money. But today, right, if I ask you what I keep being served up with, if you could have a million dollars today, but I tell you you're going to die tomorrow, would you take the million dollars? No, you wouldn't. Because your time is more valuable than money. But is it actually? Is it? Do you truly believe that your time is more valuable than money? Well, if you just answered that you would take living tomorrow over taking a million dollars, then you obviously believe that your time is more valuable than money. So what are we trying to get it all right for? The only reality is that you're one step closer to dying every single day, every single breath, every single step. There's no guarantee that you continue living. So what are we doing? Why are we holding on so tightly to like what is supposed to be and how it's all supposed to work and making all the money to pay all the bills. Like, let's just do that. Ebenezer Scrooge, here we go. Here's a coin. Like, no. Your time is always going to be more valuable. And to think that you could mess it up so badly that you can't come back. Like, okay, say that you go try your dream. And you completely fall on your face and you go, you know what? I wasn't even having that much fun. I think I'll go back to being miserable. Uh, that sounds better. No, if you follow your dream and it excites you and it brings you joy, you are probably going to keep going down that path, right? You're not going to go back because as soon as you step into sort of this joyful frequency the energy repeats and it gets hard to stand in situations that don't fit you, right? It gets hard to live this life that isn't in alignment with joy because you realize how important your joy is, your happiness is. And eventually you start to realize how short your time is. And eventually, <laughs> you realize that if you're not spending time where you want to be spending it, with people you want to spend it with, then you are putting money ahead of 
your life. Then you are choosing a million dollars. You are. You're choosing a million dollars and to die tomorrow. Because you would rather show up with the fancy car, with the fancy house, with the house full of things, but then not be able to show up for the party at the house full of the things. It's only cool if you can actually be there. It's only meaningful if your presence comes along with it. And so what are we holding on to this for? Why? When every day you're a step closer to the end of your life and none of us get out alive. Why? Do the things that bring you joy. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us, me, it's just me, out on (laughs) all of our socials. I post every day, uh, post with some inspirational I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Death of a Dream, also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness. Um, But you can check out kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams, and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day.